0: To the Lunar Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode number one, and how do we want to start this?
1: I guess I was thinking we start introducing ourselves. We've kind of been chatting back and forth over the subreddit. Uh, we know each other, people listening. You guys don't know us yet. I am Game Boy. I'm a college student in Texas, and Steven Universe is the best, and Amethyst is the best gem. If you think otherwise, then I'm really sorry that you're wrong. Hopefully you can solve that.
0: Yeah. Hopefully I can solve your incorrect opinion by proving <laughs> that Pearl is the best definitively. I'm Takuza. I'm also a college student and co-host of the Mandatory Topic Podcast.
2: I'm GC13, and uh, I got to agree with Takuza about Pearl being obviously the, uh, the best gem in the world, um, probably in the entire universe.
1: Well, I'm just going to let you guys know that Plato once said that democracy is the oppression of the minority by the majority. So I hope you guys like that status as the oppressors, because you are still wrong. I don't care if you guys both agree, you're still wrong. <laughs>
0: In order to be an oppressor, you have to have power, and I'm okay being powerful.
1: All right. So that
2: makes this the Lunar Ceasefire Steven Universe Fan Podcast, and uh, we're here on our very first episode to talk about On the Run, which I think everybody was duly impressed with.
1: Oh, yeah. Before this episode, Garnet was Best Gem, and now Amethyst is Best Gem. Now she's Best Gem. We'll talk about that in the podcast.
2: So, Takuza, uh, we, we didn't get a chance to talk to you about this. Uh, what, what, what did you think of the episode? Uh,
0: I'm probably going to have the most controversial opinion because I didn't care for this episode what? all that
2: much.
1: Why? Yeah,
0: I know. It was shocking. Now, on paper, I think this is one of the best episodes of the show that's ever been done. Okay, fair enough. Right. I can acknowledge that. But in terms of how it was implemented, just a lot of really small details were kind of bothering me. Amethyst's uh, voice acting was kind of getting on my nerves. How she kind of squeals whenever she gets overly emotional. The dialogue was really clunky. I think at one point, Stephen goes, I can't bear to see you fight anymore. It's like, eight-year-olds don't really talk like that, guys. That was distracting to me. Just stuff like that.
2: That took me right back to Monster Buddies, though. Yeah. The way he talked to uh, talk to Amethyst and Pearl like that. that. That just sounded very familiar and right to me.
0: I mean, fair enough. I'm not trying to criticize anyone's love of this episode. It's a very good episode.
1: You see Stephen to be about eight years old, then? That's how, that's how you're reading him?
0: Yeah, I always pictured him as being eight.
1: See, I figured him as, like, right before being a teenager, maybe 11 or 12 or so. And I do agree that might be a little unexpected for what you would expect a kid that age to talk to, like, I don't know. I I guess I just kind of see that as natural for Steven, so that didn't really bother me as much.
2: I mean, Steven's the peacemaker. He doesn't like to see anybody fight. I mean, you remember when uh, when Lapis was threatening to render all life on Earth extinct by taking the oceans away. Right.
1: He wanted to stop Lapis. I mean, he wasn't there to fight. But I think what's interesting before that, he was wanting to fight with the water clones. He and Connie, they said revenge and they charged after I think that's an interesting bit of Steven's character that we're just learning more and more of. Sometimes he doesn't mind all the violence and fighting, as any kid, you know, little boy that age would, you know, they would think that kind of stuff's cool, it's action, it's fun. But once he sees that a serious problem is happening, then he becomes a peacemaker. I don't think Steven's always the peacemaker is what I'm really getting at here.
0: No, that makes sense. And that seems reasonable for any little boy in particular, but probably just people in general, people probably like the idea of conflict a lot more than they actually like real conflict itself.
2: That's true but i i don't i don't know we we know everybody knows that there's a storm coming at the end of season one and it's gonna i don't know if it's going to be the homeworld gems come back or if it's going to be the kindergarten somehow reactivates (laughs) and uh, the crystal gems just get swarmed but we know that steven's going to have to step in and save the day and
1: i don't think the kindergarten is going to get reacted and the reason i don't think that is because if you guys remember when they actually walked onto the kindergarten, the the scenery turned from like this really lush, pretty scenery to just being decimated. Oh like yeah, just dark, incapable of sustaining life. I feel like if the kindergarten was reactivated, that would mean some really bad juju for the Earth. And I don't know about how far that train got away before they actually got to the kindergarten. I suppose the kindergarten is in North America, but we don't really know where it is in North America.
2: It's I don't think probably, I, I want to say it's probably within 100 miles of Marva.
1: Probably, I think that the Homeworld gems are definitely going to come back at the end of the season. That's what I think that we're seeing some build up to. And if you guys remember from um, Alone Together, there was a lot of talk about that that green Fireflyer bug that we saw fly off when uh, Ever stepped to the the club. And a lot of people were thinking that that might be Parado, or it might be another drone Parado set Parado set.
0: Oh, uh, really? I don't even remember what you're talking about,
2: honestly. Um, it was when they were about when she was about to step into the rave. Stevani. There were all these fireflies and stuff outside, and a lot of people posted the picture, asking, you know, could this be a shape shifted Paradot or a drone that Paradot left? I personally do not think that it is literally something Paradot set, but I think it is Symbolic. intended to make us remember that the shoe's going to drop.
1: I don't think it's something directly related to Home Gems either, but I do think that's you know. So going back to the episode. This is something that I noticed, and I talked some in the major episode thread, but I don't think I really saw anyone else talking about that the uh, drill parasite that we first saw in Arcade Mania, and that we saw again in Keep Beach City Weird, I think that was, on some level, foreshadowing the kindergarten. Do you guys, are you guys following me here? Yeah, I'm following you. Uh,
2: that, that's actually a good point.
1: Here's why I think that. I think that this is really subtle, but we first see in Arcade Mania, they call it a drill parasite. And drill, obviously, those things that were left behind after the big gem was killed, they were drills. But where do we get Parasite from? I don't think that we really see a clear meaning for that in Arcade Mania. And I think that it's really important that we see an more focus on it and keep each City weird. Because it's the first thing that Ronaldo interacts with Steven. He interacts with the holes in the wall. And then at the end of this episode, we get what at first seems to be a throwaway line about the great diamond conspiracy hollowing off the earth. And then finally, in On the Run, Amethyst refers to herself as a Parasite. I think that was some pretty hardcore foreshadowing, and I think that's really cool on behalf of the crew.
2: It's entirely plausible. I guess it really depends on how you interpret the parasites. I always interpreted the drill parasites as more of them coming out of the ground that had already been there, not that... That's true. They were multiplying when they collided, and they would multiply at that point, so I I guess... That depends on which is correct.
1: That's true. I hadn't thought about that. It's very possible that the parasites actually created more drills once they went into the side of the wall. I mean,
2: if you if anybody's read the speculation posts for Lunacy Spire, you'll know that I'm always talking about <laughs> or perhaps or maybe we can assume.
1: It's important to talk in probabilities because you're right. There's nothing that we know beyond the shadow of
2: doubt. You know, I'm not Rebecca Sugar. I don't have the hookups. I I don't I don't know where things are going. I can just I can only make my forecasts like Garnet. Except I don't even have the map.
1: You got the river without the map. (laughs) You don't steer the boat. So that was the big thing that I saw standing out to me in this episode was that symbolism with the drill parrot sights, or at least that's what I perceive it to be. Is there anything else that you guys saw that really just stood out to you?
0: There's that reference to that horror manga, which I don't remember the name of at the moment.
2: The Enigma of Amagara Fault, I'm pretty sure it was.
0: Is that what it was called? I'm pretty sure that's what it was. That was a really weird reference to just seeing a Steven Universe episode. Was not. I don't know about that.
1: that. They got a lot of anime and manga rest, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, but most of them are like pretty mainstream, popular yeah. anime or manga. You know, like Sailor Moon stuff. Oh,
2: the the Enigma of Amagara Fault gets passed around the internet an awful lot. That's not some obscure thing.
1: Well, they do have some obscure references, Like in Watermelon Steven, Garnet posing as that statue, knocking yeah. off all that babies. She was knocking off uh, the Watermelon Stevens. So I, I wouldn't put it past them to put some obscure references in there. I have never heard oh, yeah. that manga before some of the conversation on the on the major thread. But I do think that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, the this hole was yeah. made for me is a is a semi popular meme. <laughs> I think Colleen
0: is semi-popular semi in the right circles, I think. There's that Eva reference in the episode before this one. Yeah,
2: congratulations.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, and I I didn't get the reference. I thought that was weird that they were doing that, but I didn't get the reference, so I read the thread. I've never watched Evangelion.
2: You're not missing much. Controversial <laughs> opinions. There you go. Now, uh, I, I don't have any special observations about On the Run. I was just way too busy having a fangasm about right. uh, finally knowing what the Crystal Gem Rebellion was about. That was, a, that was a really big deal.
1: See, I think what they told us, though, that doesn't really tell us anything. It just makes me want to know more about why what they were calling the Bad Gems had to come to Earth to make more gems in the first place. I mean, we know, for one, that Garnet and Pearl are face. We don't know whether or not the same reproductive process happened to make them maybe on another planet. But we know that they can't
2: Oh, we can be certain that they've done this all over. They control planets all over the universe. So, I mean, this balloons the amount of gems there probably are from quadrillions to woe mama.
1: Lots of gems. <laughs> lots of there What I'm curious, though, is that someone mentioned this a long time ago in Rebecca Sugar's Ask Me Anything thread. Are they worried that they're gonna run out of minerals to have gems? So what that makes me wonder, are there multiple different gems who have the same gemstone? Like are there multiple pearls out there, multiple garnets?
2: I don't know about from uh I don't know about from a in universe standpoint, but right. from a practical standpoint there have to be.
1: Right. And, I mean, we've seen some pretty notable gems so far, like Peridot, Lapis Lazuli, all the main squad. Those are pretty valuable. I wonder if there are, like, granite gems out. Less valuable minerals, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or maybe even if, like, the gems, they extend like, steels, metals, and stuff. Is so there, like, an iron gem? I don't really know. I mean, we know that the gems aren't just crystals. We know that because lapis lazuli isn't a crystal, so that's something that I'm. Interested. I don't know that we're necessarily going to get that answered in universe. Maybe something after the fact.
0: I mean, if the show goes on for a long enough period of time, then it's going to have to come up. But I mean, it's probably just going to be some hand wavy thing, and they'll pick some arbitrary name. I'd imagine. Well, I
2: set my mark. I set my mark today on the speculation post for on the run that in season two we're going to be seeing a heck of a lot more gems running around. I hope so. So hopefully we'll get an answer to that, if not explicitly, at least implicitly in the naming scheme of season two.
1: Right. I mean, I hope so. I hope that gems become, maybe in like the other not-crystal gem gems, start interacting with people. I think that would be a really cool direction to take the show in. I don't necessarily think I see that happening. I think I see more than two gems, in, other than Garnet more than two gems in 40 episodes we've had come along with a gem every couple of episodes. So then let's start a dialogue on the word bindle. <laughs> That is an amazing word. I love that word so much. And I feel like it's the kind of word that you could say over and over again and not care when it stops becoming a real word because you've said it sometimes.
2: Well you know what I have what, what I have to say because winter forecast is coming. Bundle up and grab your bindle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just I really like this episode. I like it for so many reasons. I I've said it earlier in the podcast, but this is by far my favorite episode. And not just because of what we learn about the characters in universe but because I feel like I personally relate a lot to this episode, you know, I feel like we learned so much more about Amethyst's character, and that's what makes me like her more. Before this episode, we haven't really gotten a lot. Of it. I mean, we had a Tiger Millionaire, and so we learned that she felt like an outsider to some degree there. But then it seems like in almost every other episode, the reason she felt like an outsider was just because she wanted to have fun and she didn't like the way on it, and Pearl were always so serious. And when that wasn't the case at all, it was because there was this horrible event that happened, and she blames herself for
0: it. I really wanted to like this episode, and while I do appreciate the character development on one hand, and this is not the reason that I didn't care for it that much, but it is true that I think I kind of liked Amethyst just being a free-spirited rebel without a reason, just because that was her personality, more yeah. so than giving her a backstory to justify it. But I'm still happy with the justification, I just wish it had been pulled off a little bit in a less cheesy <laughs> way. Like, When she says the line, I didn't ask to be made or I didn't ask to be born. That's such like a 13-year-old girl thing to say.
2: She said made, and I think that's important. You know, she's the younger, less mature gem. You just got to expect that stuff from her. But um, Takuza, I know something that you did like about this episode. Tell me. We got to see Pearl beat the crap out of Amethyst for once.
0: Actually I don't dislike
2: Amethyst to be clear. No, no, no.
1: Amethyst totally won that fight.
0: No,
2: Amethyst only won the fight after it stopped being a fight. When when A when they were actually, you know, fighting, Pearl had her eyes closed while she was dodging.
1: She got one good kick in. I'll Pearl was
2: dodging all of her attacks with her eyes closed. You cannot tell me that Pearl Amethyst would not have won if she was giving all
1: of that. She went full Sanic mode. Amethyst killed that fight. <laughs>
0: Didn't they both acknowledge that Pearl was better? Didn't Pearl say, we both know you can't beat me, and Amethyst was like, shut up or something? I don't
1: care. She said, said, I don't care.
2: Yeah, so
0: they both acknowledge Pearl is obviously a much better fighter, which was surprising (laughs) to me.
1: Better fighter, but I think that's just because she's more experienced. Oh, yeah, she's the one who likes weapons. She
2: trains all the time. She's the one who values the martial arts as their own thing. I mean, Garnet's just, I'm strong and I'm going to kick your butt, and Amethyst is like, prepare for a fight? Why would I do that? pearl's like oh hey you let's 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 practice my swordsmanship and my spearmanship and probably her axemanship if she ever finds that magic
1: axe <laughs> <laughs> i would love to see pearl just go beast mode with an axe that would be really great that'd be a great day in my book
2: would she have a helmet with horns on it
1: I don't know if you're referencing something. I'll, I'll say yes. Viking
2: helmet. Well, fake Viking helmet, not a real Viking helmet. Real Vikings didn't have horns.
1: I don't know about that. I don't know that Pearl would embrace that kind of fighting style. I think she could, just because she's all about martial arts and she could probably. I don't know, pick it up on some kind of academic level. I think Pearl would be
2: so funny in an episode where she got really into that kind of thing. I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying that they should do an episode where she goes a little bonkers, but um, I'm just saying I would appreciate it.
1: We're talking to you, Tumblr. It's fan art time.
2: <laughs> Pearl doesn't do the Valkyrie. She's all about the Viking warrior. But this episode was, I mean... Warp Tour was big because it showed oh, us yeah. Peridot, but I think this episode showed us so much more. I think we could have got the implication, especially from Ocean Gem, that the Crystal Gems were scared of the Homeworld, but it was a lot more speculation that the Homeworld wanted to damage Earth somehow. You kind of had to put together um, the Pearl's love of the Earth from Sirius Steven, although Lapis really did help. They only care about the Earth, is what she said.
1: Right. So. That raises the question, I think, what was Lapis still doing on the Earth in the first place? She said she never believed in the place. So yes, I'm thinking that's the question. At some point in time, she was part of the Crystal Gem Rebellion.
2: I don't think she was part of the Rebellion. If she was... I think maybe she
1: got grouped into the group. I think at some point in time, the Crystal Gems were a lot bigger than just Garnet, Amethyst, Pearl, and Rose.
2: Yeah, I think Pearl implied that when she said, Some of us like your mother, Garnet, right. and I, or myself. And also,
1: and also when uh, Amethyst says in the kindergarten, Your mom and others, the others can just more Garnet and Pearl. Yeah. So I think that for some reason, Amethyst wasn't fully on board with other gems i don't know because i think that dialogue i never believed in this place has a much different implication we're going to come to this earth and make a whole bunch of other gems because we don't care about
2: it. that's what i've been racking my brain about what about the earth project did she not believe in was it uh I, I just don't have any idea what she could not believe in
1: steven i think she didn't believe in the earth as a valuable space i think the entire reason that rose and the others broke off from the main crystal gems is because they didn't want to hollow out the earth specifically i don't think that they would necessarily have a problem tearing apart a planet that didn't have life on it but i mean earth had life. they had the people they had animals they had plants and we don't necessarily know that the other planets that the gems would go to to make more gems have those you know and a lot of those might not even be inhabitable zones that life could exist as it does
2: yeah i still think there's more about the history of earth than uh, than we have found out yet
1: I definitely think so.
2: Because I I just get the implication from what Lapis said that either the homeworld meant for Earth to do something to either save the species or be some big deal, which obviously it wasn't needed to because even after the Crystal Gem Rebellion, the homeworld is still around. Or the Crystal Gems wanted to make something of it, but the Earth seems pretty much like it would have been without any gems. I mean, Delmarve is a state, but there's not many real differences. Steven still has an iPhone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a pretty natural segue to talk about the uh, the things that Amethyst refers to as gem junk. That on the sub, everyone and anyone was like, "Those are viruses." I think it begs the question: Can gems reproduce without using another living host? Miss Sugar says no. Sugar says no.
2: When did she say that? It was in her "Ask Me Anything" that she did, and she said oh, that yeah. gems don't reproduce like ordinary species, and that Stephen is basically unprecedented. I, I can't remember her exact phrasing, but she basically gives a clear implication that what Rose did with Greg is the first time that's ever happened.
1: It's an exception, right. So I think that's really interesting, because, I mean, I learned a little bit about viruses in the thread. I learned that some viruses actually have DNA. Before that, I thought that viruses only had RNA. But to my understanding, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, the way viruses work is they find a living host, they inject their either DNA or RNA into that host, and they change the host's DNA and RNA into their DNA, and they have new little viruses.
2: They, no, they eventually they essentially hijack the cell as a virus factory.
1: Okay, I see. And see, there's a lot of comparison to the gems, too, then. Yeah, so- I think
2: the I think the choice of a virus as the way the machines look was very intended, and they said as much on Tumblr. Somebody somebody asked one of them about that, and he said, yes, they look like that for a reason.
1: Who did they ask?
2: It's Joe Johnston, by the way, who they asked.
1: I think that it's also interesting that MFS doesn't say that she was born on She says that that's where she was. And throughout the entire episode, we have references to gems being created. They keep saying made, they don't say born. Even when um, a linguistic convention, I think, would make more sense to say born, they say made. So again, correct me if I'm wrong, but viruses aren't actually alive, right? We don't consider them life.
2: Uh, I
0: think that's a uh, debated thing, but yeah,
1: that is tricky ground. There. Um, I and it's been a long time since eighth grade science class, but that's why I remember learning that was my eighth grade science class that viruses weren't alive. So then, do we consider the gems to be life if they are? basically super advanced viruses. I
0: think by any reasonable standards, the gems are alive. Even if you want to make a metaphor to viruses, like still they're they're alive.
2: When when you're talking science fiction like Steven Universe, the question of what is life is really complicated. Like Like What is a civilization? And most people would think that they know what a civilization is, but then you go ask the experts and they're like, oh boy, it is so complicated. I wish you hadn't asked.
1: (laughs) That's true. I guess we can't hold the show to necessarily some kind of stringent scientist standard.
2: But it's like, clearly the gems are alive. They walk, they talk, they wage war, they enslave their own people and probably others. I mean, they do everything humans do, they just do it better. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah exactly whatever gray area exists for viruses does not exist in the case of the crystal gems
1: the gray area is an important question then is i think what yeah, think yeah. we're getting to if there's a gray area there but it, i don't think it is right,
0: right Were either of you disappointed to kind of find out that the entire gem uh, conflict comes down to just an alien plot to use the Earth for resources? That's kind of like the most generic alien plot there is. And I was kind of disappointed to see that that's kind of the direction the show is going in. Again, not a strong complaint. I was hoping that we could get something a little bit different
1: than that.
2: I mean, do you have any other ideas about what would have been better? Because it all boils nope. down to resources at some point.
1: I, th- I think resources are a big issue. I don't know that that's the only issue at play here.
0: It's the only one we have any indication of, though. Right, right. right. The that's the
1: only one that, that's the only conclusion uh, I think that the evidence is to right now. But this series is still a good 15 episodes or so, 12, 13 episodes or so from this 12 12 episodes. We still have 12 episodes in the season, and there are still a lot of bombs be dropped. I think that the issue is just a lot more nuanced. Um, and I think that there's a question of factions that need to be brought in question too. Like, do we assume that before the crystal gems opposed the, the diamond gems that they were a part of the Diamonds? Do we assume garnet, and, or pearl, and rose and earth with the diamond gems? That's what
2: I always assumed.
1: See, I just, I just don't know because I don't know that I could, I could read rose is a character who would be okay with that you know be okay with going to a planet and just like destroying it knowing that there's life there.
2: rose is a complicated character look at the quartz cave from lion 2 the movie i think that is a side of rose that maybe the other crystal gems don't really know about
1: that's true that really is true.
2: because they're always talking about what a what a kind person she is her plants lived to fight but They always talk about what a nice person she is. And then here she is. She has this whole training set up, all this armor, all these weapons. And I do not think that that place was intended for Stephen. I think that was hers.
1: I don't, I kind of want to read Rose as a just, and I've said this in other places before, but I feel like Steven's birth was both figuratively and literally Rose giving up her sword. Because while Steven can summon Rose's shield, Lion has her sword. So I think that like, she was definitely a warrior. She definitely fought. She knew how to hold her own.
2: We're gonna learn more about her later. We know that the voice actress for Rose recorded a song for Rose, so right. And I'm excited we, about that. We might get a flashback. We might get another video or something. But we're going to learn more about her. She is a very complicated figure. But because I mean, you always hear me talking about. Oh, I think it was Rose who did the corruption. I think Rose corrupted everybody. Just because I like to think of Rose as super hardcore, the stone cold Betty.
1: Okay, expand on that, Sam. I'd I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that more fully.
2: Well, I think that the Crystal Gems, at, uh, at some point, were losing their war, and Rose did what she had to do to remove the enemy's ability to fight.
1: Okay, and she did that through the corruption?
2: Yeah, somehow. Do you think that
1: corruption was a new thing that happened as a result of that war, or do you think corruption of gems um, has been an existing problem for a while now?
2: I have no way to make a call about that one way or the other, but I, I tend to think it was more novel.
1: Right. Do you think any of the other gems that were a part of the Crystal Gem teams were corrupted? Like, I think, the, I think we all want to see Centipedal as someone who used to be a member of the Crystal Gems, and we want to see Centipedal as the gem that comes back to help Steven in the series finale.
2: Centipedal has a very distinctive gem. It's probably the most distinctive gem that we've seen in the entire series. So Centipedal's obviously meant for great things. I don't, I don't think that Monster Buddies was the end of it, but um, friend or foe, Centipedal was obviously someone of significance.
1: I agree. So, any other thoughts on y'all's mind about this episode or about the show in general?
2: Well, I was kind of disappointed, just a little bit, to learn that there were more crystal gems than just the four or five, depending on how you count Garnet, we know about. Because I always liked to think, well, maybe they were just this super outnumbered group that basically had to rely on how powerful Rose is and their ability to form hecka powerful fusions. To, uh, to make up the difference in numbers, because we know that there we knew that there were at least hundreds of enemy gems, probably right. more.
1: Especially after uh, seeing all those holes in the wall. Yeah,
2: looking at all the holes in the wall, you figure they made 500 or more just in the section of wall that we were shown. There were more that we couldn't see. But how so. do we
1: necessarily know all the gems that were created that were corrupted? I mean, surely some of those gems made it off-planet back to the rest of the gems.
2: Maybe. Uh, we, we don't know the timing of it. The, they could have been shunted off back to the home world to either be soldiers, be citizens, or be put into objects. We, we have no idea what the plans for the kindergarten gems
1: were. And I think at this point, it's pretty fair to interpret the term crystal gems as a name for team. I don't think actually being a crystal is a requirement for being a part of a team, because Peridot is a crystal, and she's a member of the other gem faction.
2: I've always known that Crystal Gem was just the name of the team. The question was always, were they called the Crystal Gems because it's just the that many of them, and they're, they all happen to be crystals, or if if there's more significance to it?
1: So what you were saying, Lago, you pointed out that maybe they were able to beat all of those gems because they had the ability to fuse. Do you think the ability to fuse is something unique to the Crystal Gems?
2: I would, I'm not saying it's unique to the Crystal Gems. I'm saying that... The fact that they're highly motivated, you know, that they're defending something that they deeply believe in would allow them to maintain coherence in a much larger, much more powerful fusion than the average gem. I mean, you look at the battlefield in Sirius Steven and you see weapons that could only be wielded by fusion gems. It makes sense because... I mean, it's like the tank in warfare today. The tank is the be-all end all of warfare, and I just imagine if the tank wasn't vulnerable to sneaky, you know, infantry. The uh, single single gem is not going to sneak up on a fusion gem and kick and hurt it. It's the fusion gem is just big and powerful. It
1: might. We saw Pearl take down Sugilite, but that was that was that a, was because she tricked. Me.
2: That was with guile. And I think that in a battle situation, that that would not have managed to defuse Sugalite. I think Sugalite was just so surprised, and let's face it, Amethyst seemed to be the dominant partner in Sugalite, so... Of course we know Amethyst can't beat Pearl.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm just going to call it right now. There's going to have to be a future episode where Amethyst just kicks Pearl's butt. You
2: just need to keep dreaming on that. That is never going to happen. Pearl is the best... (laughs) Okay, you guys can continue <laughs> to be wrong. That's For the I- record,
0: I was just being <laughs> confrontational. I don't actually think Pearl is the best. I don't even have an opinion on the matter.
2: Well, you're a heretic, then.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: I do love Pearl, and before this episode, Garnet was best. And there was a period of time where I kept going back and forth between Garnet and her. I'm not saying I don't like Pearl. She's great.
2: I love all of the characters, but, I mean, Pearl's been my favorite ever ever since the start, so she, she <laughs> has a special place in my heart, even if her personality does seem to be a bit different after the events of Steven the the Swordfighter
0: all of the characters except fucking onion
2: oh man forget about onion onion is like entropy incarnate
1: onion's a jerk but i still am i mean i don't think the series would be quite the same with
2: him. the gems live to build the universe up onion exists to see it torn down <laughs> onion is pure always like pure evil to see the world burn
1: onion is not a human being he has always existed and he was the cause of the gem war from the very beginning yes
2: he watched it all it's like in uh it's, uh, it's like in the new Wonder Woman comics. You have Ma- you have Mars or Ares. I can't remember which naming scheme they use, but you know, every time every time he has a scene, he's just sitting there at a cafe, and then a car bombing occurs down the street, and that's Onion. He's just sitting there. He knows where the violence is going to happen. He goes to watch. Well,
1: why not the show? I'll Grab mm-hmm. some popcorn. And grab the coat.
2: Saves him the scooter. You know. Right. That was hard to steal. <laughs> He stole the tickets that he wanted with, but you get the idea.
1: Right, right. He he basically...
2: So, thanks
0: for listening, guys. I guess this is the end of the episode. Uh, Tune in next week. See ya.
2: Hope you guys enjoyed it. And I
1: am serious to you Tumblr rides, I do want that fan art. Yeah,
2: I better have that fan art on my desk by this time next week, or there'll be hell to pay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm GC13. I'm Mexican Game Boy.
0: I'm Takuza. I'm probably going to use my real name in future episodes, but for now, I'm Takuza. And we
2: are out. See you next week. Bye.
0: Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.